drive a hype of random number generators throwing knuckleballs. Heath is now the oldest host. Scott likes using GIFs the most. Adam loves ERA and auto-tunes himself this way. Paxton's regression screams. Brooklyn's got a winning team. Liam Hendricks, Brad Hand, Mike Trout plays near Disneyland. Stats from spring training. Daily play is a rating. What's the ceiling? Bank on ceiling. Can I get up? Bradley Zimmer called up. Edwin Diaz removed from the closer's role. Ian Happ home ring again. A lot to talk about on the Wednesday edition of Fantasy Baseball today. It is, of course, Wednesday, so that means it's great to trade day. Also, uh, it appears to me that Chris Towers got a haircut. Am I, are you like, like oh yeah, I got it two oh, weeks ago? Like a week and a half always. ago, yeah. Why is I always notice these things like a week to two well, weeks ago? Well, I don't know if you've seen me. I've since seen then. you. Other people have been sitting in front of the, uh, the camera. Mm, so. Yeah. You know, it could just be that. I well, feel like Chris is one of those guys whose hair always looks the same. Like he gets haircuts so often that <laughs> you could never even notice if that often. I I would say I don't get more than a haircut every two months. It's not very often. That's not often yeah. at all. Wow. No, you gotta step up your, your haircut game. Alright. So I'm just gonna get right into it here. Who would you drop for Bradley Zimmer? Bradley Zimmer is forty two percent owned. He is a twenty four year old outfielder now up for Cleveland. With they have two outfielders on the DL now with Geyer and Almonte. Would you drop Jack Peterson for Bradley Zimmer? I would. I guess just because Jock Peterson's been so replaceable this season, but I'm not convinced that Bradley Zimmer is going to be better. Would you drop Keon Broxton for Bradley Zimmer? See, I think the way Keon Broxton is performing right now is what you're kind of hoping Zimmer will do. And and by I don't mean the season-long trend for Broxton. I mean more recently. That's what you want Zimmer to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would probably stick with Broxton in the categories league. Yeah. Kevin Pillar. No I would chance. not drop him. No. Avi Garcia, 88% owned. He's coming alive a little bit, uh, batting about 350-ish in his last six games. Avi Garcia, would you drop him for Bradley Zimmer? I would not. I was forced to drop Garcia in a head-to-head points league three outfielders last night, but it wasn't for Zimmer. Yeah, I just I have such a problem with this just because I don't buy anything that obviously Garcia's doing anyway, so it's it's kind of hard for me to say I wouldn't drop him. It, it seems inconsistent. All right. Scott Shebler. Yes, drop Shebler. You would not, Chris. I would not. So you don't, it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like we have off the chart expectations for Bradley Zimmer. Well, part of the problem is it's hard to get excited about an outfielder who isn't producing because so many are. You know? Like, I'm, I'm already feeling squeezed in the outfield in most of my leagues, so. Like, Bradley Zimmer is the second most exciting prospect call up of this year. And I word it that way because I don't know that he's necessarily a better prospect than Hap, but there's a much better chance he sticks with the Indians than Hap does with the Cubs. I mean, Al- but there's uh, also, Abraham Almonte, that's that's clearly just a space filler, not a... But there's also a pretty decent chance that he's just not able to play. There is. Play but, well, you like mean? This, like, we worried, about, we worried about Cody Bellinger's strikeout rate when he called up, got called up. Zimmer's was a little worse at AAA. Yeah. Um, and Zimmer's been older. Like Zimmer's yeah, he's 24. well yeah. above 30% in his AAA career uh, with the strikeout rate. 
Yeah, well, I mean, last year at AAA, he was going through some mechanical changes. But so even it was, even it was, this year, he's a thirty. It was a ridiculous strikeout rate two years ago. But he's a thirty percent right now. He yeah. struck out forty three times in a hundred. No, he strikes out too much. Um, and so that that's what's what's making me have trouble get ex- getting excited about him is that it's just this is a very high variance prospect at this point in his career. He is. He is. And uh, I. But still, I mean. Normally, any time a big-time prospect comes up, regardless of whatever flaws we see in his game, we're usually rushing to pick him up just in case because we want to be on the right side of that variance. Uh, Or or we want to be the ones to benefit if he's on the right side of that variance. But I just I can't justify dropping another outfielder for him in most cases. I, I mean, Zimmerman gets on base a lot, has power, and can run. Right, that's and the guys, thing. He can run. Guys who yeah. steal bases, who don't hold you back in the power categories, are so rare today. I, there's a chance he's a hugely impactful player. How about Shebler, someone who can do both of those things as well? How about Todd Frazier? Would you drop Todd Frazier for uh, Zimmer? I wouldn't. I still have a lot of confidence yeah. in Frazier coming around. I don't, but I probably wouldn't drop him. Yonder Alonso or Bradley Zimmer? Alonso. Yep. All right. I, and I do. I just think it is interesting that that Zimmer does have the, the speed. You know, a lot of the guys I mentioned. Don't like Garcia and and Jock Peterson. He doesn't run. Yonder yeah. Alonso obviously doesn't. So you know, Brad, keep Bradley Zimmer could be everything we hoped George Springer was before Springer stopped running. That's that's the upside for him. But the downside is you know Melvin Upton. All right, what about Hap guys? Hap is forty. No, uh, Zimmer's forty two percent owned. Hap is fifty seven percent owned. He homered yesterday. He's forcing the issue a little bit, but they're going to get Hayward back. Zobrist is day-to-day. Seems very close to returning. Uh, yeah. yeah. What, what do you think about Ian Happ? Do you think he needs to be owned right now? He's 57% owned in CBSSports.com leagues. I would probably pick him up in I my would... leagues where he's not available because I think we're getting to a decision point uh, with Hayward coming back later this week. We'll, we'll get a good idea. We'll have a good idea then what the Cubs long-term plans are for Hap. And it, it, it seems really hard to, to just figure out where he would play. Like even with his positional versatility. Replace yeah, I just, Javi I have Baez. a really hard time seeing them benching Javi Baez. Do that. Right. Replace I him. have a hard time seeing them bench Ben Zobrist. I have a hard time seeing them bench Jason Hayward. What about moving Hayward to center field full time? Mm-hmm. Even then, is there enough playing time with three super utility guys? Was Zobrist back in the lineup yet? No, no. He, but he's very close. So, you know, be Hap in the outfield, Baez at second. I don't know. No, look, I, I and I, I kind of, I'm going to kind of walk back what I said a little because I think Hap and Zimmer are ownable on about equal terms. Hap, I have more confidence in the production. Zimmer, I have more confidence in him sticking around. One other difference is that second base is a greater position of need than outfield. So I could, you know, I might be slightly more likely to own Hap than Zimmer at this point. I would say I wouldn't drop anyone I have long-term designs on for Ian Hap. Okay. All right, your emails today at fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We will grade your trades. You should go to sportsline.com because it's very cool. It's actually a, a really cool website. You've got uh, computer simulations and projections. You've got expert uh, Vegas guys giving you picks. And right now there is a special on sportsline.com through the Preakness 
Uh, an annual subscription is half off. It's forty nine ninety nine instead of ninety nine ninety nine. And Jody Demling, our horse racing guru who nailed the Derby winner to continue his incredible streak of nine straight Derby Oaks doubles, will be posting his Preakness order of finish tomorrow night. So tomorrow night you're going to get your Preakness order of finish from Jody Demling. He is awesome. Forty nine ninety nine for a year subscription. Sportsline.com. Check it out. Okay, Edwin Diaz. First of all, uh, if if you out there, if there's a closer that you like that you, that you think is good, just hope that he does not end up on my auction roto team because that would put him in company with three dollar Neftali Feliz, uh, Edwin Diaz, and now four dollar bid uh, Steve Ciszek, who I got last night before I realized he was terrible, and. Um, what a, oh, uh, Roberto Ozuna. He's, you know, he's coming around, but, you know, he started on the DL. So I've been jinxed there. Diaz, out of the closers role, they're going to use a committee. Last night they used Ciszek, and it did not work out. He got lit up in his second appearance of the season. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that seems to me, if I had to guess the way this goes, they go with a closer by committee for about a week. Edwin Diaz looks great over the next week, and he's the closer again. I just... I don't think there's anybody in this bullpen that's even close to him, and it, it's been a rough start, but I, I believe in him. I feel like C-Sheck could still be a capable closer, but obviously, you know, maybe they rushed him into the that high-leverage situation too soon, coming back from hip surgery. Uh, but obviously, this meltdown helps Diaz's chances of regaining the role. I, I don't think there's really another option who could stick beyond those two. I still think Diaz is the Mariners' best option. I still think Ciszek is their second-best option. Tony Zich, if he got a save here or there, I, I, I don't think he's good enough to hold yeah. on to the role in the long run. So The ERA is nice, but he's an example of someone where ERA is not telling the full story right now. All right, that's Tony Zick. We picked up Zick and and Ciszek in the 16-team league. I don't know. For like five hours, they both went completely unknown, which really surprised me. I was harassing Scott White, answering a damn phone, answering a text messages so we can make a roster move team scam. And we did. We picked them both up. Uh, We're having a – it was a big family night at the, the White household. We were celebrating nice. – uh, a second boy is what we're having. A second boy, hey. is a second child, is another boy, not a girl. When's but, when is he due? I wanted a girl, but oh, right. um, but that's okay. You know, two boys is great too. Two boys. Well, it's is like great. we were talking about on the podcast yesterday. The next one will be a girl. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna regress to the mean. The next two will yeah, be girls. I don't think we've dreamed beyond two children. <laughs> so so I'm kind of been grappling with the idea. You go your whole life thinking, huh? Maybe someday I'll have a daughter. And now's the first time I'm like, yeah, I probably won't have a daughter. So it's, it's, uh, you know, something to get used to. Well, I imagine that your wife is more upset about that than you. No, she wanted a boy. Oh, she did? Yeah, she likes, she likes the experience of mothering a boy. So. Okay. Um, and, and look, two boys is going to be a great thing. Yeah. Good. Congratulations. But so when, when is he due? He is due in September. September 26th, I think, is the due date. But, you know, some give or take a few weeks there. All right. We got some time, uh, which means Scott can still grind out the baseball season and then chill out during football and, and be a dad. Uh, Theo Epstein is not giving up on Kyle Schwarber. He is pretty adamant that Schwarber's going to come out of this, and Schwarber did homer yesterday. Epstein also said that Jake Arrieta hasn't locked in his delivery yet. I'm going to take a little pause from the news and notes and talk about a new philosophy that I am revealing right now on Fantasy Baseball Today. OMG. 
Use them and lose them? Nope. Oh, okay. Avoid World Series pitchers. <laughs> and, and I'm kind of, I'm pretty serious about this now. Uh, I went back and looked at the last three World Series. James Shields, 2014, he pitched for the Royals. I'm talking about guys who made like, who pitched a lot of innings and pitched into the World Series. James Shields was terrible the next year with San Diego. He's been, he's been terrible since. Jeremy Guthrie, you want to look at a guy like that? His ERA went up nearly two runs in 2015 after the 2014 World Series. Jason Vargas, I think he had Tommy John surgery the next year. Madison Bumgarner and Johnny Cueto are two good examples of pitchers who had great years after the World Series. I don't know how Bumgarner did it with what he did in the World Series, but Bumgarner's a freak. But Tim Hudson had a good year, actually, in 2014 for the Giants and a bad year in 2015, and then he retired. But his 2015 was one of his worst. Hold on. Hold on. on. Hold on. Can I – just no, because I, I know just what you're going to point gonna... out the actual trend here. No, 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 it's not. It's not like my typical thing. All right, fine. The actual trend. You're pointing out a bunch of 34 year old pitchers who fell off a cliff. Every single pitcher on the Cubs this year is losing velocity and losing production. Corey Kluber is on the DL with a back injury. Every single Mets starting pitcher last year was a disappointment, except for Syndergaard. Um, and Jordano Ventura did not rebound well after. Worlds after World Series runs, and Edinson Volquez's ERA went up nearly two runs in 2016 after pitching in the 2015 World Series. So honestly, the only two examples I found that were good were Bumgar. Oh no, Cindergard. Bumgarner, Cindergard, Cueto. It obviously it happens, it's, but it's I'm also I'm throwing, happened to be the three best. pitchers. Yeah, you found a lot of bad pitchers. <laughs> Degrom, Harvey, yeah, Kluber's okay. on the DL. Lester, I'm, Arietta. I'm ser- I'm I, serious here. Look, Let's we'll we'll continue to monitor Arietta's and John Lester's progress throughout the season. Kyle Hendricks too. Sure, we'll lump him in there with the other two. But like Hendricks, and let's see if Hendricks let's just and see Lester if they, like it haven't been bad. They've been a little bit disappointing, but I actually think Kyle Hendricks, aside from the the bad start, he's got what a mid three ZRA now. Right, that's, that's pretty what, well, much I'm, what everyone was I'm just was saying expecting. we're only six weeks in, but velocity down. Season. So and, and like it's too, too early to judge. It I is. Like. It is. It is. But but this is really look. I intentionally did not draft Corey Kluber because I thought I I completely understand what they did with Corey Kluber to win the World Series or try to win the World Series. But when you look at all the innings and the pitching on on three days rest, it it was a little I guess reckless and a little worrisome to me. So I didn't draft him. He was pitching well before the injury. Maybe he comes back quickly, and, and this is just a little blip on the radar. I don't know. But uh, I'm just having trouble with the strategy of I'm going to target pitchers early, but I'm also going to avoid a bunch of really good pitchers. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would probably have trouble with that too. But All we'll right. see. Hopefully there, are, hopefully there are enough that I, I have to choose you. from. I'm just going to draft Clayton Kershaw. Today. Is basically what your strategy is going to come down to at some point. And Scherzer. First and oh, second. Kershaw could go to the World Series. Well, he, but he won't pitch well in the World Series. We know that. So today, oh! today I'm offering you. I can't even. I can't even think of a pitcher that would be worth taking. Rick Porcello for Jake Arrieta. I don't know. Like who's just outside of that group? Uh, um, Carlos Carrasco ace. if he has another start. Uh, Carlos Carrasco is basically an ace. I, I have him ranked ahead of Arrieta. Oh, uh, so then like a Carlos Martinez or something. I don't know. I mean, sure. look, this is a terrible year for Carlos pitching. Martinez today for Jake Arrieta. Michael Fulmer for Jake Arrieta. You're taking Arrieta, right? Yeah, I, I'd yeah. take Arrieta. I would. You're, you're just thinking more draft when you, day. The, the situ, like going back to a draft when you have options among yes, aces. Exactly. Now you don't have options among aces. You can't 
trade Arietta for another ace. Yeah, a hundred percent. And look, we know that that pitching deep into postseason has had bad effects on pitchers before. Like Matt Cain is probably the poster child for this. So I, I don't think it's something that we should just ignore. Put it that way. I'll probably put more stock into it than anyone, but I think it deserves to be uh, considered going forward. Sure. Okay. It always did, but just how heavily you weigh it with everything else. Robinson Cano is on the DL with a quad strain. Uh, Washington is transitioning starting pitching prospect Eric Fetty to the bullpen. Is that a potential closer late in the year, Eric Fetty for the Nats? Hmm. I had just read middle relief option, but maybe it is. I, I also read they still view him as a starter long term, and he's not a prospect who has like the 99-mile-per-hour fastball, at least not as a starter. So he seemed like a surprising candidate for that transition. More news and notes. Carlos Carrasco tentatively scheduled to make his next start. Edwin Encarnacion homered yesterday. He snapped an 0 for 17 skid. As Drupal Cabrera is on the DL with that thumb injury, can you just call up Ahmed Rosario already? Like, stop with this. Just do it. Stop with the games. Right? You guys trying to win or aren't you? Uh, Rootnet Odor. Hey, happy birthday or something, Rootnet Odor. You deserve a cake. You've drawn four walks in your last four games. Nice. Uh, Troy Tulowitzki expected back tomorrow. Anybody care about Jared Hoying? He's going to play some center field for Texas with Carlos Gomez on the DL. No. Okay. Wellington Castillo. Ooh, sorry, Scott. Uh, Wellington Castillo is back. He's 64% owned. Tony Walters is back. Walters is 15% owned. Chris Towers thinks so little of Tony Walters, he dropped him in a two-catcher league. What up with that? I'm actually trying to figure out if I should drop him in another league where I have Devin Mesoraco as my number two catcher. Um, I also have Tom Murphy on the DL, so that's kind of my thought process there is that I'm just – I'm not 100% sure how useful Tony Walters is going to be. I think he's going to give you an empty batting average. Yeah, all right. Well, it's better than nothing. It's better than a lot of everything. catchers. Yeah, I think he's, <laughs> he's probably a top 20 catcher, right. all said. But you're just, you're just so stacked at catcher. I just have too many catchers. Yeah, like you, the top 20, get, get the heck out of here. Aaron Nola will start Sunday. Amir Garrett will start tomorrow. Hector Velasquez will start for the Red Sox tomorrow. Any interest in Hector Velasquez? Um, I can't say I have any right now. No. Let's see what he does. No. Yeah, also David Price. Well, you know, you never know what happens with uh, Pomeranz, but Price is going to make a rehab start on Friday. Uh, Dallas Keuchel only pitched five innings because the Astros are so good and they were destroying the Marlins and they didn't. Uh, need yeah, anymore. I think there's a there's another explanation for that. What the Marlins are so bad. Uh, well, <laughs> they so really are bad. Certainly, two star Tom is five of their last twenty, I believe, is what they've won right yeah. now. Yeah, they're they're struggling. Last place. Alex Bregman is now eligible at middle infield. Not shortstop yet, but middle infield. One more appearance at shortstop, and he'll be shortstop eligible. Uh, Cameron Maben batted leadoff for the first time for the Angels, and he had five hits. Coincidence? Yes. <laughs> okay, it helps. I mean, he's, he has some Babbitt regression, the good kind of regression, to come here. So it's hopefully the start of it. I told you, what, Monday, that he's still better than Ben Revere? You keep bringing up Ben Revere like he's some kind of godsend. <laughs> I'd rather, just from a fantasy perspective, I'd rather see Ben Revere out there. I mean, Cameron Maben's nine for nine in steals. What does Ben Revere do that Cameron Maben doesn't? Uh, he I hits would expect better. Ben Revere to have a better batting average and steal more bases. And Cameron Maben's nine for nine on stolen bases, but he hasn't stolen more than 23 bases since 2012. 
He hasn't been on the Angels. That is true. Okay, Brad Miller was scratched. Decision-based stat. Sorry, go ahead. Brad Miller is so overowned, by the way, but he was scratched with a strained abdominal muscle. Stephen Piscotty should be back this weekend. David Peralta pinch hit. Mark Melanson should be back Friday. Travis Shaw was out with a sore finger. Miami sent Tom Kohler to AAA. Dan Straley <laughs> expects to make his next start. And here's the Fame watch. Eric Thames has strep throat. Get well soon, Eric Thames. We miss you. All right. Yes, I agree. Tuesday's standouts. Usually don't wait 20 minutes, but here we go. Who stood out to you on Tuesday, guys? Uh, let's talk about what Scott and I were talking about in the office yesterday, which is that we both moved Freddie Freeman up to our number three first baseman. Uh, behind? He's just, uh, I had, I believe we both have him behind Goldschmidt and Votto, right? Correct. Oh, yeah. Votto, Votto, uh, right. Duh. Yeah, Freeman over his last 365 game, or 365 days, excuse me, is hitting 315 with a 1,043 OPS. 104 RBI, 41 home runs, 46 doubles, <laughs> 7 triples, 9 stolen bases, 96 walks. Number three first baseman might be too low. <laughs> Freddie Freeman with the way he's playing. And if we get to the point about three weeks from now where he still has like a 20% strikeout rate, mm-hmm. He he's going to be in consideration for the number one first baseman. That, that's what clinched it for me. I perceived Freeman as having a lower floor than Anthony Rizzo because the strikeout rate's awfully high, and he survives it because of this ridiculous line drive rate that allows him to have a high BABIP, which I think is mostly sustainable, but, you know, there's a little more risk attached to that. Uh, but the K rate's way down for Freeman this year, and the walk rate is up. So, like, moving him ahead of Rizzo, I had to get my mind around the idea that this is not a knock on Rizzo, yeah. who I still have plenty of confidence in. One-to-one strikeout-to-walk ratio this year. He's going to get hot sooner than later. Uh, but I do think Freeman's better. I think they're both potentially first-round picks next year. And Freeman versus Votto is, is I think, an extremely interesting uh, argument to have. Joey Votto has a 1,006 OPS right now with a 270 BABIP. This is a guy with a career 356 Babbitt wow. who hasn't been below 360 since um, 2011. You know what he's doing differently this year? He's been more aggressive. Yeah, he's swinging, swinging earlier early. in the count. All the all the Vado haters over the years were but kind of But he's still right. walking a ton. He is still walking. He, he's still on he's pace doing, for 111 walks. He's, he's also on pace for 149 RBI. What he's doing is he's swinging at more pitches Inside the strike zone. That's a good Way thing. higher and yep. swinging at fewer pitches outside of the strike zone. Both good things. This might be the best version of Joey Votto we've ever seen. And I don't know that that Freeman's going to overtake Goldschmidt just because of the steals. Yeah, that's that, and the, and the, the plate discipline, too. Oh, Gold- but like I said yesterday, so Goldschmidt has 38 steals over his last 365 days. Wow. Uh, well, that's, that's pretty exciting stuff. All right, Freddie Freeman. Now, let me just wrap up Freddie Freeman with this. What what was it that that made you a little nervous in the regular in the preseason rather that Freeman was going to get overdrafted when people were taking him like early third round in a twelve team league and then follow up it's like when a guy is still in his prime because Freeman's what twenty seven yeah do we really care can we can we sort of disregard the peripherals and just say well he's just going to get better. Or, or like the no, history. No, I, I don't history. think you can disregard the peripherals. I think that's bad process. I just, he had only done it once. And specifically, he had only hit for power once. You know, 
Freddie Freeman's always been a very solid player all around, but last year was the first time he hit for power, especially in the second half of the season. That's the thing that's clinching it for me. It's like Daniel Murphy last year, like I said yesterday, mm-hmm. is that it's just it's continuing a trend. He's hitting a lot more fly balls. He's hitting the ball really hard, and it's just I'm at the point where I can't ignore it anymore. Okay. Do I get to have a standout? Uh, oh, you get to have many, but let me ask <laughs> you about, uh, let me ask you about my standout, bad standout. Scott, you are, you have always been the low man on Danny Salazar. He's, <laughs> he's just in a funk right now and, and, uh, what did he give up? Five runs in five innings yesterday, four home runs. Is Danny Salazar for you, the low guy, even for you, is he a buy low candidate? Yes, he is. Because, I mean, my disinterest in Salazar was because I feel like everybody viewed him as this great upside pitcher without recognizing his many flaws and downsides. Like, I don't know that he... I don't know that he could be a number one or number two in fantasy ever, but I do think he can get back to being more or less the guy you trust every week. I mean, the strikeout rate even this year is through the roof. He has command issues... Um, he has control issues, he has endurance issues, but of those things, I do think the ability to miss bats is the most important, and I think there's enough success in his history that I would be buying on him right now. Yep. Danny Salazar, okay. Would you rather have Salazar or Marco Estrada? Huh. That's interesting. They're I very close for me. I, I really Estrada like now. what Estrada's doing these yeah. days. He's solid. He's just like a solid, you know, I know he had a bad start and, yesterday. But. And solid is so hard to find. Right. Like, you know, ask me two years ago and I'd say Salazar without a thought. But. And he's becoming a little more than solid over the last couple of years. You know, he was a below average strikeout rate guy in 2014 and, or 2015. And since then, he's now a pretty well above average strikeout guy while keeping his typically low Babbitt. Marco Estrada. Okay. All right, so it's something to think about there. Very different uh, very different pitchers. I'm going to finish up the standouts just by uh, – Scott, was that your standout, by the way, Salazar? No. All right, who's yours? I wanted to talk a little about Kevin Pillar. Kevin Pillar, 78% owned now. Who hit his sixth home run yesterday. He has 12 doubles as well. He's doing his best A.J. Pollock impression this year. Uh, if you'll remember last year – Going into the year, it was a disastrous pick, but I liked him as a sleeper because he was one of a few players you could trust for 20-plus steals, which he didn't actually achieve. Uh, And he struck out at such a low rate that I thought there was room for him to improve in batting average. Well, he just didn't run as much as I hoped he would, and you know, there wasn't enough power behind all the contact he was making to really give him a good batting average. But that Second issue is what's really changed this year. Uh, his hard contact is up. Like I said, six home runs already. For as high as his batting average is, he has a 336 BABIP, which is something that seems halfway sustainable. His strikeout rate is actually down from where it, it was already impressive. His walk rate is up. It's really just a matter of are these power gains for him legit? Because if they are, I think the complete package is legit. And I think you are talking about Can I throw a poor man's AJ Pollock. Sure, go ahead. 
the hard contact rate is up, which is nice to see, but he has an 85.6 mile per hour average exit velocity, which is really bad. So, okay. just throwing that out there. Okay. Kevin yeah. Pilar. Kevin Pilar. I, ha- I have him outside of my top 40 outfielders right now, but that's basically and I have rostering in all leagues territory. Yeah, I think well, he's, he's one of there. about I think he's one of about 40 outfielders out there who have top 20 upside. Interesting. Okay, Kevin Pilar, there you go. I'm going to finish off the Tuesday standouts with a couple of questions. Rich Hill, five innings, six strikeouts, one run, no walks, 82 pitches, only seven swinging strikes. But Rich Hill doing enough to stay in the rotation? You didn't get a blister, right? You did not. I think so. We'll All right. Yeah, we don't know if he got a blister, but as of now, <laughs> Rich Hill. Rich Hill. Oh, they is said just, he didn't get a blister. Rich Hill is constantly day to day. That's just how I'm going to view him. Jared Eikhoff, seventy-one percent owned. Given the pitching landscape, does that strike you as under-owned? Jared Eikhoff, seventy-one percent. Yeah, it looks like the mechanical change he talked about making after his last start was successful. He stood more upright on the mound and got better results. Six innings, two runs, eight Ks at Texas. That's it for my standouts. But honestly, there are so many like. Wow, was yesterday a terrible day throughout bullpens across baseball. Um, and we also had Chris Davis, J.D. Martinez, Corey Dickerson, Mariznick go double dong. Uh, we got Brandon Belt, who's red hot. An interesting Jackie Bradley Jr. note. Dansby Swanson heating up a little bit. Edward, Eduardo Rodriguez was out on the hill yesterday. We'll talk about him. Devin Travis. Devin Tra- Yeah, Devin Travis is in the notes. Well done. Uh, Kobe Rasmus is even in the notes. SeatGeek. Uh. SeatGeek's in the notes, Chris. I'm going to do an on-air demo right now for SeatGeek. Uh, by the way, our promo code on SeatGeek is FANTASY. That'll save you $10. You want 10 bucks? I sure do. Use the promo code FANTASY on the SeatGeek app and get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Okay, so download the app. Open it up. Search for an event. Let's type in Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. All right, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 1. So now I'm going to see a bunch of dots on the screen. The bigger and the greener the dot, the better the value. So it's straight showing me right now, actually $113 uh, for Section 306. That's not that's not bad, Chris. I would pay that if I were a Cavs fan. $113 for Game 1? Not bad. Yeah, I wouldn't, but you know. Yeah. I don't like going to games. TV's just fine as well. <laughs> anyway, look, Seeky, they do the price comparison. They search multiple sites. They find you the best deals. So 113 bucks, that's, that just stands out. Big deal right there. This is the best value. That's why SeatGeek is so cool. Or you can sort by price if you just want to get into the building and get the cheapest seats. So this is the only way I get tickets now. Easy to use, saves me time and money, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. And our listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase by entering the promo code FANTASY on the SeatGeek app. The promo code is FANTASY for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Fellas, let's talk about some bullpens. You tell me if any of these situations worry you. Justin Wilson gave up a game-tying home run to Mark Trumbo yesterday and blew a save. Brad Brock, they used him in the seventh inning. He came in with the bases loaded to clean up Michael Givens' mess. Brock gave up a grand slam. Then he got the next three outs, but they used him in the seventh. And Darren O'Day pitched the eighth in a tie. Uh, and then they were trailing at that point. Uh, Steve Ciszek, we talked about. David Robertson struggled yesterday. Uh, let's stop there. So Justin Wilson, Brad Brock, Steve Ciszek, David Robertson struggled yesterday. Any Anything to say here? Yeah, I'm not particularly uh, concerned about Brock or Robertson. I think Brock's going to hold on to that job. I don't think the bringing him in in the seventh 
is really a concern because like you said, there were, there was just a, a weird situation where they wanted to make sure they got out of a jam. Obviously they, <laughs> they didn't, didn't get out Oops. of that jam, yeah. but you know, it happens sometimes. And David Robertson, I just think we know who he is as long as he's, uh, the closer, he's going to be fine. He's been really dominant this year. You, you, you get a mulligan, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Justin Wilson, like, too, had been very dominant before this. Right, right. This was like his fifth year hit he's given up all year. And uh I think they had a blown save after this, and then ultimately K-Rod took the loss. <laughs> K-Rod, yeah, K-Rod. In like the 11th inning or whatever. So, so no real reason for, uh, <laughs> for worry about Justin Wilson losing his job no. to K-Rod again. K-Rod seems pretty cooked. Oh, it wouldn't be to him. It would be to Alex Wilson, right? Well, the, if anyone. When I said some, they had another blown save, I meant for somebody other than K-Rod. Like, everybody else in the bullpen was... Wilson allowed a really long hit, and everybody else in the bullpen just got throttled. Yeah. They also brought Justin Wilson into the eighth inning. So he got the out there, and then he then he gave up the home run in the ninth. So it's not... Tech- Technically not a blown save, but Blaine Hardy gave up three runs before yeah. K-Rod gave up two. Alex Wilson's had a really good year too. Just if you, if you need a middle reliever or something that has a chance to be a closer, you know, not saying it's imminent by any means, but, uh, he's got a 176 ERA. Okay. Uh, oh yeah, Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney, 55% owned. Last five appearances, no hits, no runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and four Ks. So, right after I dropped them. Thanks. Still an ERA Fernando. approaching nine. Yeah, he's still Fernando Rodney also. And the Nationals used Coda Glover in a four-run game in the ninth, and he pitched a scoreless inning. I don't know. It, I don't know what that means. It was it was two runs going into the top of the ninth, and then the Nationals scored two, made it a non-safe situation. I don't know when in the inning those two runs scored, if, if you know, Glover was already warming up. Like, I, I don't know all yeah. those details, but I took it to mean – they were intending for Glover to get the save. Yeah. Alpers worked the sixth inning, part of the sixth inning. Seventh inning. Kelly didn't pitch at all. So. Right. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good news for Coda Glover, but it might have been nothing. Tomorrow, I'm going to do Underachievers Day, because this is inspired by Christian Yelich and Adam Jones. Uh, they're not quite in the like Jose, in the uh, Jose Bautista or Edwin Encarnacion area, but they're not doing very well. So. We'll think of some more underachievers and, and talk about them tomorrow. But yesterday was a double dong day. Chris Davis. This is weird. Chris Davis of the Orioles, Cirrus, has a nice slash line. 266, 384, 508. You'll take that. He's the number 18 first baseman in points and number 22 in roto. Weird. JD Martinez. One guy that I say would, for me, be one of the hardest players to rank just because of the foot injury. Uh, Corey Dickerson homered twice, and now he is a top 18 outfielder. Went two for five with two home runs at Cleveland. And Jake Marisnik homered twice in his revenge against the Marlins. We can probably ignore that one. But uh, Chris Davis, J.D. Martinez, Corey Dickerson, what you thinking? I'm actually okay with Martinez. He's back in my top 20 outfielders. This is the second two-homer game in three days. Uh, so, like, if nothing else, yes, he says the ankle's still, still, still sore, but we know it's not going to impact his production. I think he has definitively answered that, so it becomes a matter of pain tolerance. And just staying healthy. Yes. Doctors have assured him he can't make it worse. 
I suppose he could suffer another injury in yeah. the same area, but he can't make this specific injury worse. Which is or he could be playing. over. He could overcompensate and you know hurt himself in some other way. Sure. There's definitely some risk there, but like you said, I I have him back in my top twenty. Dickerson, like I was all about him at the start of the year because it looked like the line drive rate was back up to closer to course fields levels. I think that was mainly what went wrong for him. Less than just the change in venue was he wasn't hitting line drives anymore. But now it's back down again to about what it was last year. He's still batting like 340. Yeah. And he still has these monster games. So I, I don't know what to make of it because what I thought was right for him isn't anymore. And now he's just a guy who's performing better for some odd reason. Yeah. Well, Corey Dickerson, look, he lost like 25 pounds. He finished the year strong last year. Last 35 games, Dickerson had a 886 OPS with a 299 batting average. But what's weird is that he's just been so good against lefties, and he's not, <laughs> you know. So that's not gonna not gonna hold up. Dickerson's batting what uh, three seventy eight with a six twenty two slugging entering yesterday's game against lefties. I know a righty started. I don't know if he faced any lefties, but uh, I, I've been saying first I said, yeah, you know, I, I think maybe I'd try to sell high, but nobody's gonna buy. I'll just write it out, get whatever I get from Dickerson. Now it's like I I think. To me, Dickerson seems like a great sell high candidate. Like he's just, he can't hit for this kind of batting average, in my opinion. Additionally, I, his I, RBIs I mean, and runs scored are very low for, for a leadoff hitter. I'd be, I wouldn't hesitate at all to sell him at face value. And there are a lot of hitters I could say that about. Obviously, obviously El Garcia, who we were just talking about. I, I'm actually planning on writing this in the next day or two. Hitter breakthroughs I don't fully believe in and, and the approach with them. Dickerson's going to be among them. Garcia's going to be among them. Miguel Sano might be among them. Is <laughs> I would be happy to trade this guy at face value. Um, which well, face value for Miguel Sano is exactly. You know, I'll, someone's go, someone might be willing to give you like a like Jack Arrieta for him. Exactly. That that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Like I don't. This doesn't mean I am so dismissive of their hot start that. I am going to undersell them because that could be a decision you regret the rest of the season. But if you could sell them for face value, and I'd, I'd be happy to cash in before I realize my losses on that player. And I love Miguel Sano, but I did a poll on Twitter the other day saying who's going to be best rest of season, Eric Thames, Ryan Zimmerman, Miguel Sano, or Aaron Judge. Sano and Judge were the top two. I kind of think they'd be my bottom two. I, well, Judge would list. be. I'm I'm all, I'm fully on board judge. I I think he's legit. I think Thames is legit. Aren't but they he, all legit? Zimmerman, Judge, Thames and who was it? Well, I'm Sano? not conf- I'm not as so confident in Zimmerman and Sano. I I think Sano and Judge have the big contact red flags. Uh that that's why I and the lack of track record. You know the thing with Judge like if you look at the track record of players his height it's bad. It is it is bad, especially batting average. And it makes sense. Like they have long swings. They have a lot going on mechanically. Um it's hard to be it's not hard to be a great power hitter, I guess, like Richie Sexton, Dave Winfield, guys like that. Uh the batting average I guess is what I'd worry about with Judge, who is striking out more as we talked about yesterday. But, His batting average will go down. Yeah. But he's I'm fairly confident saying he's going to hit between forty and fifty homers this year. Whoa. That'd be nice. Wow. 
Okay, well, uh, that was double dongs. We're going streaking. Let's talk about some more hot hitters. We will grade some trades, I promise, later on in the show. Uh, Yasmani Tomas has homered three times in his last six games, twice in a row, uh, two games in a row. Tomas is batting just 162 in May, but he had a really nice April. Doesn't walk though. Uh, Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt is 88% owned. He is batting only 229, but walking a ton. 28 walks so far in 40 games. Eight home runs. He's got four home runs in his last six games. And how about that? They're all at home for Brandon Belt. That's weird, Chris Towers, who had Belt as a preseason breakout. Yep. I, I love the skill set. Just wish he was somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, Mookie Betts is batting 371 with five home runs and five doubles in his last eight games. Wow. Jackie Bradley. You know, he's... Eh. Six for 22 with two home runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. That's not great. I mean, if that's a hot streak, that's not great. So let's hope it gets a little hotter, huh, Jackie Bradley? With all the breakout outfielders this year, it's getting so hard to roster Bradley in three outfielder leagues. He's still 82% owned, but I've seen him dropped in leagues and have not been motivated to pick him up. Man, I think that could be a mistake, though, you know, because we know how hot he can get, Bradley. Yep. Yep. It's just... What are you giving up to get him? And that dropping that guy could be a huge mistake too. Well, who did I drop for Jose Bautista last week? I could look that up, but it wasn't our three outfielder league. I'll look it up right now. I'll get back to you. Uh, Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson batted, uh, he went two for four with a home run yesterday. Previous 13 games, he batted 279 with one home run and a double. It, you know, for, for this to be a hot streak for Dansby Swanson, not that that hot. Kind of reminded me of like a Jose Peraza hot streak earlier this year, which wasn't that good. It's it's very early to even call it a streak. He these were his last two games were his second and third multi hit games of the year. Right. Okay. It's a pretty big concern that so far in his major league career he's striking out a quarter of the time. For someone who's not supposed to have elite peripherals, he needs to be a bat to ball guy. And so that's definitely I'm I'm worried about Dansby Swanson for sure. Okay, moving on from Dansby Swanson. By the way, I dropped Jason Hayward for Jose Bautista last week. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, thanks, Chris. Thanks, appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Devin <laughs> Devin Travis. Feel like I should have picked him back up. Thirty-seven uh, percent owned, and two for four with two doubles yesterday. He now has four steals this year, which I think matches a career high. I know it's what he had last year in 101 games. Anyway, Travis is hot. Uh, hooray for him. He has uh, set the Blue Jays' single-month record for doubles by a second baseman on May 16th. Yeah, so he has 12 doubles this month? Yeah. He has 12 doubles in the month of May. Like That seems uh, like he, a he's typo. He's definitely under-owned at 37%. I'm going to write about him today. Devin Travis. I think he should be a lot higher, Devin Travis. Okay. Travis or Castro? Travis. Tra- I'll take I'll take Castro. Castro, okay. Travis or Chris Owings? Owings. Owings. How do you hit 12 doubles in in May in half the month? He has six doubles in his last three games, Devin Travis. What's, what's weird, and I I mean, I still think his batting average is going to go up. He doesn't. He hasn't been striking out very much, but as hot as he is, he's barely batting over 200 you know like yeah well he it hasn't been the hot streak that saved of, his season yet he was batting 134 at the end of april i think he yeah. had a 388 ops on uh april 30th 
All right, look, Cano is on the DL. If you need a second baseman, maybe you go with Devin Travis, although Cano is expected to be back, like, next Tuesday. But then again, yeah. he was expected to be back Tuesday and Monday and Sunday and Saturday, so who knows. Uh, and Colby Rasmus has four home runs in his last eight games. Any interest in Colby Rasmus? Not really. No. He's going to sit against left-handers, and we've seen this act from him a dozen times over. I'm going to ask you these pitchers. You tell me, do you start him every time? Eduardo Rodriguez, start him every time? Not quite, but pretty close. Yeah, no. He's top – I think he's just outside the top 40 starting pitchers for me. Lance Lynn, start him every time? No, not yeah. quite. Really? Okay. I mean – I have I have Rodriguez ahead of Lynn, so. In, in head-to-head, probably. So would you give up either Rodriguez or Lance Lynn to get Dan- Daniel Salazar? I'd give a blend. I don't know that I'd give a Eduardo Rodriguez because Eduardo Rodriguez ha- has exhibited many of the strengths Salazar normally does. Alrighty. Year. Jake Odorizzi, start him every time? No. At home. Yeah. He's been good on the road so far. Well, there's only two road starts this year except one he uh, left with an injury after an inning. So other than that, two road starts for Odorizzi who has a 316 ERA. Yeah, start him every time is a high standard for a starting pitcher. Well, like, I mean, look, I, in the one league, you know, the two leagues I own, Eduardo Rodriguez, I'm starting him every time. I just don't, don't have options. I, yeah, okay. Not, not what I mean. If you don't have options, you don't have options. But if you have options, you might consider sitting him. Sure. Andrew Triggs. <laughs> Andrew Triggs. Uh, I actually dropped Andrew Triggs in a league yesterday because I like Zach Godley more. And that was, the only player I could justify dropping. It was uh, 250 players or rostered league, so it was on the shallower side. But I dropped Triggs. Triggs, like how long does Triggs have to do this before we buy in? I mean, I think he's probably kind of Dan Straley-ish. I think he'll be useful all year. But I don't think he'll, like there's there's some regression coming. He gives up too much contact. His BABIP is like 240, 250. 250. 250. And he's not a big time bat misser, so he's, I, I think he will remain useful, but regress to a guy who's on and off the waiver wire. If he wasn't an RP, he'd be a lot less useful. Andrew Triggs. Alright. Yes. Yeah. Alright guys, I'm gonna give you some fringy starting pitchers. You tell me who you wanna be rostering. Derek Holland, Jared Eikhoff, Wade Miley, Kyle Freeland, J.C. Ramirez, C.C. Sabathia, Jason Hamill, Jimmy Nelson, Ty Blach. I would say Jared Eikhoff at 71% and Jimmy Nelson at 26% are probably the only two on this list who I think are under-owned. Okay, so Eikhoff is 71% owned. Nelson, as you mentioned, 26% owned. We also have Derek Holland, who's 80% owned. Wade Miley, 66% owned. Looks like the fun might be over for Miley. Uh, Kyle Freeland, maybe you want to start him on the road. He has a 2.42 ERA in 22 innings on the road, 22 and a third. Uh, Freeland's 54% owned. J.C. Ramirez, you know, 85 pitches to get through seven innings yesterday, 38% uh, owned. And Sabathia, I had a feeling might have a good week. Uh, he had a nice start yesterday at the at the Royals, and he's 40% owned. Okay. Yeah, I agree with Chris that Eikhoff and Nelson are the only two 
who appeal to me in some way. And Nelson's appeal is mostly that he's 26% owned. So I'm thinking yeah. deeper leagues. Wait a sec, wait a sec, Scott. But what about Derek Holland? Thought you liked him. Oh yeah, I scrolled a little past him. He is a quality start machine. He's, eh. he's kind of Trixian for me. He's, he's a quality start machine because things are going well right now, but there's a there's a storm coming. He's kind of Trixian for me. So like, I'd drop him for Ikoff in an instant. Ikoff at seventy one percent just seems like a strange. Reversal in enthusiasm after the way he began the year. Yeah, yeah, and he had a nice year last year too. Ikoff was like the number thirty-two starting pitcher or something in fantasy. Now, second half of the year, as I recall, he was frustrating. You know, like kind of too like too good to drop, but not quite giving you what you. I don't. Know. Eh, shut up, Adam. All right, let's go to grade the trade. <laughs> That was just terrible. Grade the trade. People want their trades graded, so let's let's help the people out. They want to be judged. They do. Judge not. Yeah. Lest they be judged. Ben in Iowa. Ten team roto league. Hitting depth is great. Struggling with ERA and whip. So give up Joey Bats and Brandon Belt. Get Jake Scarietta and Samarja. Give up Bautista and Belt in a ten team roto league for Scarietta and Samarja. It's an A. Yeah, I think that's a B plus. All right. Matt in Dayton, Ohio. 12-team Daily Roto League. Give up Carlos Martinez and Alex Calame. It's the first time I've done that this year, I think. Alex Calame and Carlos Martinez get Miguel Cabrera. I'll give that a B minus, which surprises me that it's that low. It would surprise me from two years ago anyway, but I do think the premium on high-end pitching makes it a little closer. I'd still take the Mickey side. I think it's a B. Look, can we talk about Cabrera, though? I mean, I picked this this trade because uh, this emailer, Matt, I believe it was, yeah. uh, Matt and Dayton, is concerned a little bit about Miggy. Well, he said that Miggy packs it in this year. I don't think that's going to happen, but he is really having a bad year right now. Uh, so it, are you guys fully confident that Cabrera turns it around? Yes. Uh, Miguel Cabrera has a 30% line drive rate and a 48.7% hard hit rate. Ooh, okay. I, I The strikeout rate is up, which is a concern uh, given his age and the potential for regression. Uh, but he's still hitting the crap out of the ball. Okay, great. That's a good stat. Thank you, Chris. From Josh, grade the trade. 10-team, standard 5x5, five five, dominating hitting... So he needs some pitching. 10-team standard 5x5 Roto League. Uh, give up Machado and Judge. Oh, Machado and Judge for Kluber and Kyle Seeger. Machado and Judge for Kluber and Kyle Seeger. Machado's just so high-end and shortstop eligible, which is like the one position where it still seems weak. I, it's it's a C minus for me. It's not terrible, especially with Kyle Seeger heating up. He's homered in back to back games, and it's inevitable that his season's going to turn around. But I think Machado is just too high end to trade for just about anybody. Maybe a deal for Mike Trout or Bryce Harper, but that's it. This is a sexy trade right here: Machado and Judge for Kluber and Seeger. Oh, did you guys see uh, the Aaron Judge skit? Oh, no. I heard about it, but I did not see it. It was on the Jimmy Fallon. He interviewed people about the Yankees, New Yorkers, and they were like, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I love Aaron Judge. And he's like, oh, oh really? And they're like, yeah. And it's like, 
some people say he kind of I kind of look like him, and he shows a, the Sports Illustrated cover that he's on. It, it takes them quite a while to figure out. Oh crap! I'm talking to Aaron Judge right. Well, now. What's yeah, the weird? Like, like he, if I was being interviewed by a six eight, just no, like he's sitting down monstrous, though. He's uh, sitting down. Well, well, if he's sitting down, it, it was harder. To such tell. a like he has such a distinctive look. You he's know? also like, so it's not like obviously he's... a professional athlete. <laughs> like it could have fooled people because he's so young looking, but he has um. He has the gap in his tooth that people were saying. Like the oh, Matt the, gap, Harvey the gap. One, There was a Matt Harvey one with the same premise from a few years ago. Yeah, that one makes a lot more sense. Yes, Matt Harvey's does. a little schlubby yeah. looking. I guess. I guess. It just looked it, like a, it was funny though. It was funny, oh, dude. Uh, this is from Cooper Gray. The trade. Hey, Gerard, Ryan, and Johnny. Who that? I have no idea. Um, I'm gonna go Royals outfielders. Gerard Dyson, Johnny Damon, and Ryan. Uh, yeah, that's, Ryan was the one I was stuck on. I was thinking along those same lines. Ryan. Ryan Alex Gordon. That's his real name. 12-team Roto League. Give up Conforto and Strasburg. Conforto and Strasburg for Nelson Cruz and Matt Harvey. I think that's a D. It's, I really don't like it. It's a C-. minus. It's too much of a downgrade at pitcher. For not or, enough of an upgrade. Like, Nelson Cruz is definitely better than Conforto, but yeah. Conforto might be just awesome now. Sure. I, he's in my top 20 now. Uh, any I'll... concerns at all? I hate to react over two games, but Michael Conforto has six strikeouts in his last two games. Like, yeah. Yeah, no. All right. All right. Uh, from Wasim in Iowa. Great. The trade. Give Dylan Bundy. It's a 12-team head-to-head categories league. Give Dylan Bundy and Travis Shaw. Bundy and Shaw get Kyle Seeger. I think that's probably a C minus. Really? I kind of like that one. I do too. I'm always about consolidating two lesser players for one greater one. Maybe it's, uh, you know, we have different levels of confidence in Bundy, Chris and I. I'm actually going to give it a B minus. Alright, last, uh, well, we'll run through a few more. This is from Dan. How about this? This is awesome. Jake Scarietta, Aaron Judge, and Anthony Rizzo. Woo! Scarietta, Judge, and Rizzo for Mike Trout. Whoa! Yeah, I mean, it's hard to overpay for Mike Trout, but might have found a way to do it. That's <laughs> what you have to do to get Trout, right? Like, in an eight-team league? I didn't say it was eight-team. I'm just saying, if it is an eight-team league, if why, it's a why would you jump to shallow that? league. Why would you jump to an eight-team league? Those are pretty rare. Are they that rare? I think so. Okay. But if it were a 10 team league. They, they exist. They exist. Um, 10 team league, uh, 10 team three outfielder league is still pretty shallow. I'm gonna say, I'm like, gonna say. I could, I could see doing it if you just were, oh, bursting at the seams with depth and having to drop great players every week. Yeah, but that's, like, I'm, I'm probably the low guy on judge. I'm the judge skeptic, but. That but it's, could that could be giving up three legitimate difference makers, including but a legitimate first round guy. I, I'm saying if you're over, if your your cup runneth over with legitimate dif- difference makers, then this is this is how you lock up a championship by trading, by consolidating or lose one for greater yeah. ones. <laughs> but in a you know a twelve a standard twelve team league, a five outfielder league, a league of any real size. It's too much. Also, and, like, don't, it's not always a great idea to trade away your depth, you know, or, it, because injuries happen. We're only six weeks into the season, so I like to have a little bench depth. 
well, not a bad thing. Sure, but if you okay, but, if you're in a league where I the mean, waiver wire is is so fruitful, but it's your a waiver bad wire. Trade. There, it's a bad there trade. are there are leagues shallow enough where the waiver wire is basically your death. Right, agreed. Also, Mike Mike Trout is having his best season ever. He's monstrous. He he's amazing. I, please trade him. Not not fantasy owners. The Angels. Oh, the Angels. Yes. I to, mean, somewhere on the East Coast, please. It's not fair to us as baseball fans. It's not fair. Uh, other stuff from yesterday: Strasburg, Granky, Estrada, Lackey. They were my four-man rotation. Is John Lackey droppable? I wouldn't. No. Not enough good pitching out there. All right. No. Strike con- rate, walk rate, still good enough. No concerns about this little Granky hiccup. No. No. I mean, still. Great K total. He still won, so I'm I'm still pleased with Granky. Didi Gregorius is 62% owned. Since his return, he is the number 13 shortstop in points, number 14 in Roto. This is Gregorius since returning on April 28th. He's batting 313, only one home run and one steal. Almost homered yesterday. I think he doubled off the wall. Uh, what do you think about Gregorius at 62%? His How, ranking since returning, I think, is more commentary on the shortstop position than Gregorius himself. It's Still the one week position, and he's still he's useful there because of it. But yeah, I don't know that he's going to match last year's home run total. Well, I mean, on a per game basis, yeah, obviously. What he is won't crazy is Starlin Castro is like thirty percent owned more than him. I would rather have Gregorius. Would you? Yes. If all positions being equal, would you? I think so. Yeah. Mm. I'm a I'm a big DD believer. I I am. I love that he's hitting three thirteen, but. You know, low, low power wouldn't hurt. I was also hoping he'd steal a little bit more, but they just, no, that's not happening. Uh, and Jorge Soler is 27% owned. He's off to a slow start, 167 batting average in 10 games, but seven walks, eight strikeouts for Jorge Soler. Yeah, it's interesting. The, uh, the lower strikeout rate, it's very early. It's 10 games, but it's definitely interesting to see, uh, especially because he's not hitting the ball right now, um, that, yeah. I think that's a that's a pretty good sign. Isn't it weird that sometimes I will just stop talking, and that is your cue to talk about a player, like I just did there with Solaire. And other times I'll say, "What do you think about this?" Or you know, I'll cue you up like a professional. Yeah, I just it must be very frustrating for you to deal with my whims. Um, no, no, because any any excuse I get to talk. (laughs) Okay, great. So uh, let's get the walk the moon review, Chris, and the show. It was surprisingly not 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 bad. I, I got to be honest. I was a little skeptical of your uh, music recommendation, given all of the uh, the dumpster takes that you had. But it wasn't bad. <laughs> well, I mean, I gave you a music recommendation that I specifically thought you would like. It's not just yeah. you know. So so we we did. It was specific for Chris Towers, but yeah, I, I recommended it. He wouldn't have recommended it for me. No, it was good. I liked it. I don't think Scott would like that album. Just called Walk the Moon by Walk the Moon, who then jumped the shark, which shut up and dance with me on their next album. It's very disappointing. You gotta learn to walk the moon before you can jump the shark. I'm in the process of picking, that's good, I like that. Uh, also, you have to learn to crawl before you learn to walk from Aerosmith's song Amazing, which is quite amazing. Uh, I'm in the process of picking my wedding music, and Ah. I know Shut Up and Dance with Me is, a popular wedding song, and I think there's very little chance it will be played at mine. It's kind of rude. DJ. It's kind of rude. 
telling yeah, like, somebody hey, to shut up. Uh, yeah. Just, just, uh, like, How about please dance? With yeah, that would be that would like, be more especially talking. for a wedding. I mean, if it's been any rest of, rest of your life with this person, yeah. you should start off on the right foot. I thank you. I, I agree with that. Good call. I will not tell Allie to shut up and dance with me at the wedding. She needs to be heard, Adam. All right. This has gone off the rails. Goodbye, everybody. We'll talk to you Thursday with some buy or sell and underachievers day. Hooray. Right.